Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. How's everyone doing? It's great to see you. Glad you're here. Glad you can be a part of this as we uh, dive into the scriptures and learn together what God's wisdom is um, as it applies to relationships. And I know that sometimes we can live with a level of disappointment from our past that it really prevents us from living a life that is hopeful for the future. Sometimes the things that we've gone through have such a way of tainting our minds and hearts and lives that it just puts us in this position in our life where we just think that things cannot improve. And for everything that we can come up with, I want you to know that God has already addressed that in the scriptures. He's already given us a response. We may not know what the response is, but there is one. Sometimes even in psychology and psychotherapy and relationships, therapy that many of us have had some kind of an experience with, advice that we've listened to in short form or long form on social media, things that have been addressed in terms of topics, things that have struck a chord and spoken to us about where we're at and what we're going through can sometimes give us some insights into what it is that can sometimes just go as an unseen and ununderstood, deeply rooted disappointment. I've had many people over the years come to me, um, even when they've been in relationships, talking about how they can't seem to get over a past relationship. And that happens to people who are currently single and even people who are sometimes married, people who are married to someone but yet they can't seem to get over what they would describe and, and define as their first love. And often I, I say to people that are in that position is that just so you know that you can learn to love the person you're with in a new and different way. And sometimes we don't think of it that way. We, we think that it has to match It has to align like the previous one did. But what God is trying to help us understand is that there's a a new way to love and a different way that we can love and a new experience that we can have. It doesn't have to compare to the previous one. And so we can compare it in a way that's good, but we can also compare it in a way that's bad, right? And sometimes that way of comparison is what really paralyzes us from experiencing better in the relationship that we're in or the one that we're looking for. Sometimes people say that, you know, you can't ever get over a hurt like that. You can't get over a betrayal like that. 
You can't get over a trauma like that. And the answer to that is that you can, you just need to know how. And sometimes we just think that because we've experienced that and we living the emotions of that, that we're just stuck there. And what God is saying is, no, I want to equip you. I want to give you new insights. I want to retrain your mind, retrain your heart, retrain your way of seeing things, understanding things, applying them so that you can heal from all that. You just don't know how. You think you do, but you actually don't. Because if you did, you would have healed. You see, not healing is the truth that we don't want to look at. If I'm not healed, if I'm not past it, if I haven't recovered from it, if I'm not able to move past it and move forward from it, then clearly something is still not good. And so sometimes we live with a disappointment that we don't have to live with. Some people will come to me and say, you know, all of my past relationships always end the same way. It's always a disaster, a different kind of disaster, but it's always a disaster. And I always tell people, listen, you can change your repetitive relational patterns. You can change. People are like, no, you don't understand. It's, it's I'm not the problem. <laughs> and I said, well, let's deal with that as the first problem. <laughs> it's a great place to start. Let's unpack that a little bit. Let's, let's try to understand why you think that the disasters that you're living are always because of someone else. You know, I, I understand that betrayal is, is really tough. I think that we can experience that, uh, you know, sometimes even when you're just starting to get to know someone and you don't realize, but they're also starting to get to know five other people at the same time. <laughs> And I know people have come to me and told me that. They're like, I didn't know this person was actually seeing so many people. I thought they were just with me. And when you experience that kind of betrayal, it's hard to, to even just go on a date, even just to pursue what it would look like to even see a future with a person when that keeps happening to you. I understand because I understand that betrayal is one of those things that you don't ever think that you could trust again. You can never trust another person. And when that happens, I just need you to understand this, that God is the one who can help you to trust yourself. You see, sometimes we think it's always about trusting other people, but what God is saying is, no, it's about you not trusting yourself. It's about you not trusting your ability to make good decisions. It's about you not being able to discern what's in front of you. It's about you not being able to understand when a person is trying to actually manipulate you, take advantage of you, take from you, take everything they can from you, and then move on to someone else. See, the problem isn't trusting other people. The problem is that you still can't trust yourself. 
And so what God wants to do is he wants to put you in a position where you trust yourself, you trust your instincts, you trust the wisdom that he has for you, you trust the principles that he wants to give you so that you don't keep living a life of disappointment. And so it's important for us to understand what he wants to give us in terms of building trust, but in ourselves. Never mind what people are thinking in their minds and hearts, no matter what it is, what kind of manipulations they've concocted, whatever strategies and, and whatever deceptions they, they, they either willingly or unwillingly continue to march on with. Don't worry about that. Be a person who trusts themselves in a relationship with God. And, and, and pray and, and seek and, and, and truly trust his divine downloads. And in the moment that you're in, you're like, there's something wrong about this. Something wrong about him, about her. There's something wrong about what they just said. Something is off here. I don't know what it is, but I trust myself. I don't trust them. And so when we're dealing with disappointment, there's also this thing where we sometimes say things like this, you know, I'm, I'm never going to find love again, you know, or I'm never going to find the one that's out there for me. Um, when it comes to love, you need to understand this, that if God is loved, then love is everywhere. And if, and if God can find you, then so can love. Not just his love for you, but the way that he wants you to experience love. And as we looked at a few weeks ago, God limited himself so that he wouldn't be everything. So that he would be able to supply your needs. And he wants to supply those needs, not just by being loved, but also for you to be loved. To have love, to experience love in your everyday relationships. And so what God does is that he, he makes it so that Adam can just be with God, but he makes it so that Adam is also with someone else in a relationship because he knows that God cannot supply all those needs, but someone as his helpmate, someone who's his partner in life, someone who he can do life with, they can do it together. And they will have then dominion together instead of it, the world having dominion over them. And so if you can understand this, then you can trust God and what he says, what he's promising. You can trust his plan for you in his creation, as his creation, as the joy of his creation. And so I wanna speak to you today about how God's heart is that you find the one and that it lasts. In, in Matthew 19 and, and verse um, four to six, uh, Jesus is being asked questions about, about divorce and marriage. And, and in this passage, he talks about it. And he says, you know, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made the male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two, are gonna become one flesh. And then he says, 
So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And so God's heart, his intention is that not only do you find someone, but that it lasts. I need to go out into the world with this understanding. I need to go not into the world with the understanding that, you know, whatever the statistics are lately, they're always pretty high in terms of people who are married ending up in divorce. We know that. And so people often just make the decision to just not even be married or don't even bother about going into a marriage thinking that it's going to last. Often I ask couples that I'm marrying, I'm doing just in the first part of this year, I think I'm doing six weddings. And, and one of the questions I ask them, um, and if you're sitting here uh, and you're getting married later this year, um, you're gonna hear one of the questions that I'm gonna ask you is, um, do you expect your marriage to last? Now, if you go in expecting it not to last, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that it will last, but if you go in already expecting it won't last, or you say things like, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'd like it to. Then we go from two sessions to four sessions, <laughs> from four sessions to six sessions, through six sessions to eight sessions, and then we're, we're, we're like postponing the date at this point, you know, because it, it, there's a lot more there um, th that you would, you know, just need to unpack. I think, I think you understand this, right? So what Jesus was doing is that we're, and this is in Jesus's day, he's saying we are living in a culture of divorce. 2,000 years ago, he's saying this. We're living in a culture in which it is easy to walk away from someone. Where we can just say the words and move on. Right? So, look, I'm not here to address your relationship, the choices you've made, the times you've been married, or the separation that you're in, or the divorce that you've lived, and all those things. I don't want this to be about you feeling any type of judgment or condemnation, unless, unless, and, and honestly, this is the truth. L let God speak to you about what he wants to tell you. I'm not, I'm not here to do that part. That that's something that he's got to speak to us about. And, and, and he speaks to us in a way that tells us, you gave up when you shouldn't have. You did this and you shouldn't have. You could have done this differently. Why didn't you? And God has a way of just, you know, bringing those things to remembrance. And, and, and yeah, sure, it would be great if he didn't. He just like erased our minds, you know, so we could just start over <laughs> and not worry about any of those things that make us feel uncomfortable and maybe a little guilty. But, but God wants to give us wisdom in avoiding disappointment. And, and here's some of the things that he tells us. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. It says that the prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and they pay the penalty. And in another version, it says that sensible people are going to see the trouble coming and they're going to avoid it. 
but an unthinking person is going to walk right into it and then regret it later. And I think God is just trying to tell us, hey, can we do this better? Can we do this differently? Can we do this so that it's, it's better than it's ever been instead of, you know, just more disappointment? And so he gives us wisdom so that we're going to be hopeful, hopeful of, you know, how do I find the right person? But, but also hopeful, how do I become the right person, whether I'm single or whether I'm married? It won't matter. Always becoming the right person is the goal. You see, whether I'm single or whether I'm married, it's always about becoming the right person. It's becoming the person that God wants me to become, but also that the other person needs. And if I can do that, then, then marriage is always going to shape how you approach relationships. And your answer to the question of, of marriage shapes your decisions in the way that you approach relationships. I always say to people, look, you're with someone who, who for whatever reason, refuses to marry you. It's been five years, seven years. I don't know why. Do you want to be married? Yes. Then why aren't you married? They can't give me an answer. I'll tell you why. It's because their view of, of marriage is shaping the relationship. And so when you went into this, did you not understand that this was a person who didn't want the same thing as you? Did you not understand that when the first year went by and you brought up the subject that they were not ready for it and now it's year four, five, seven and it's still not happening. Do you not understand what is going on here? And I see people who then weeping, crying over the lost years when it was understood in the first year. And what God is trying to say is that, come on, you want to avoid disappointment, then stop disappointing yourself. Stop making it about what another person isn't doing and make it about the decisions that you need to make. And I believe that when we understand this, God is going to speak to us about what it looks like for us to avoid these traps. And in Proverbs 27, and in verse 19, it says this. It says that as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. And I look at this verse and I say, you have been spending so much time looking at an image without seeing the true reflection. God says that when he gives us wisdom and insight and he's guiding us and he's loving us and he's helping us, he's putting us in a position so that we don't live in denial. Why? Because if we continue to live in denial, we're going to experience disappointment. And so that's why in the scriptures he says, look, as a face can be reflected in the water, just like it can be reflected in a mirror, it reflects the soul of the real person. I don't know what you're waiting to see. You've already seen it. That face that you find so beautiful, it's already reflected its image back to you. That person that you don't want to give up on and that you don't want to see 
in a different way, in a different light, they've been showing you your, their heart all along. You just don't want to see it. You keep making excuses for their heart. When God has just been exposing it. And when God reveals a heart, he reveals a heart so that things can change. Things can be different. So that you're protected, so that you're safe, so that you can have something better, so that they are protected, so that they can become something better, so they can offer you something more. But to deny what's being reflected is to deny what God is revealing. And you need to see what that is. So I'm going to share with you some clear signs to avoid um, the wrong person, but also some clear signs about no longer being the wrong person. And so that way, we're doing both. We're doing something that helps us to see what's out there and in someone, but also what's in here. Not just what needs to change out there, but what needs to also change in here. And I would say that sometimes this is not really on anybody's list. And so that's why it's always my number one. Because often people don't even consider this, I have to put it number one because that's what the scriptures do. The scriptures always put this as the number one thing. The number one thing is the question, is this person consistently pursuing Jesus? Now, I know that that's not the first thing you think about. I know that's not the first thing you're looking for. But if you pursue someone who has the characteristics of Jesus, someone who reflects that love, someone who looks like that kindness and that goodness and that patience, that inclusion and that desire to sacrifice and to put you first above all else, what is not attractive about that? When you look at the qualities and the characteristics that Jesus possesses, if you want to hold up a mirror to yourself and see where is it that I'm not doing well, you'll see it very quickly and very clearly, even if you haven't spent a lot of time with Jesus, you'll know that these characteristics are important to you. When you talk to other people about someone that you want in your life, you don't even realize it, but you are describing the characteristics of what it looks like for a person to pursue and be in relationship with Jesus. You just look at them as qualities. But those things are reflected in Jesus because he is the first true Adam. The person by which every man needs to compare himself, not just with, but to, and try to become. And when you look at true masculinity, you see it in the person of Jesus. And you see it and understand it through the goodness and the kindness and the patience that a lot of men just don't possess, they just don't have, they're just not tender-hearted. They're just not capable of, of expressing themselves in a way that reflects who Jesus is. 
And so when we're thinking about what we're looking for, we're looking for that people talk about and live out what they value most all the time. They talk about it. They they show us what they already value. So when you're in a relationship with someone and you're wondering, do they love me? It depends. What are they talking most about? Are they going to be a good person for me? I don't know. What do they value? And do you see that as you're together, that it makes sense? And that's what the whole passage about being yoked together is about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, it says, Hey, I don't want you to be yoked with unbelievers. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Why are you with someone who's not pursuing Jesus? Why are you with someone who cares about and values things that have nothing to do with righteousness, which is the standard of that which is right, of that which is just? And then it says, what fellowship can light have with darkness? And what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? In Amos 3.3, it says, how can two people walk together unless they have agreement? And God is saying, I want you to be in agreement with the person you're with. Don't you want this person to have the same values? Don't you want this person to have the same convictions? To look at the world and to be on the same page with you? It won't work in in every situation, in every setting, but there's going to be enough there for you to be able to do this with them. The Bible tells us this in Proverbs 27, 7, that here's the answer to why you settle and you accept less than you deserve. The reason we settle and we accept less is because in verse 27, in chapter 27, in verse 7, it says that a person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. When you're filled with the right things, you've got no time for garbage. Is that right? You have no time for nonsense. You have no time for artificial sweeteners. You want the honey. Am I right? You want the honey. It's not just a term of endearment. It's, it's, it's what you know is going to satisfy. The reason you call someone honey is because you know that By munching on that, you're full. By having that, that you're satisfied, you're fulfilled. The Bible tells us that you're going to refuse honey when you're full because what you have makes you full. It doesn't matter what someone else comes along with and and, and presents themselves as and and tries to entice you. And you're just going to look at that and you're going to say, it's good. I'm full. What I have satisfies me. Can we say amen to that? Instead of settling for what? The Bible says it right here. It just says, you know, it's just bitter food. And so let's move on to point number two. You're like, what? That was only one. (laughs) No, there was two introductions in there. And one point. And now we're going into the second point. But here's the second point, that when those you love don't 
love who you're dating. And so the thing about this is that sometimes we have this habit, you know, where we introduce people to people that we do life with after we're sure, you know, or after they're comfortable. You need to shatter that stupid rule. It is the dumbest rule that ever was ever made. You need to get that person around your people as quickly as possible, as soon as possible. And you need to get their insights and their opinions and you need to know who they are. I have people here in this church all the time coming to me, telling me, I met somebody, I'm gonna, can you marry us? I'm like, who? <laughs> I've known you for two years. Who, who did you meet? Oh, it's a beautiful story. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Not because I'm not a part of it, but like, who knows? Who knows? Do they know? <laughs> Is this going to come a shock to them too? It's crazy. I don't understand what's going on. And it happens so often. And, I'm, I'm, and, and the Bible tells us this in Proverbs 27, 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. That, that basically when, when a prayer is being offered up to God, it's called in the scriptures perfume and incense. It's a sweet smelling aroma in the presence of God. God is saying that when you get advice from people who love you, you need to take it like that. It's perfume, it's incense. It makes the room lose its stench. That stench that comes out of, out of being disillusioned and, and, and maybe, maybe being blind to what's really going on here, to who this person really is and to what it is that they actually have to offer. In Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of fools always seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. It means we're listening intently. We're, we're trying to get feedback. Listen, I know we sometimes have pretty broken relationships. Sometimes we, you know, we, we look at people and we look at their imperfections. And sometimes we look at uh, a person who's like, you know, been married several times or, you know, is not, not let's say, an example that you would uphold and say, like, you, you've got it going on. But you, you'd be surprised how even broken people are very attuned to how broken they are and how they can see the brokenness in another person because they're broken. Does that make sense? Not everyone who's broken and imperfect has nothing to offer. Often they've got a lot to say and a lot to offer because they are broken. And so if you're looking for a perfect example of someone who is going to come and give you perfect advice from a perfect life, I, I don't know. I haven't met that person yet. And even when I'm giving advice and, and even when I'm like talking about marriage, you know, I, 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 there was a period of my life for the first seven years of my life as a, as a minister, I, I was giving married people advice as a single person. 
I, I was telling them how to train their kids and, and, and how to lead their home as a single person. It felt really unauthentic at times. But you know what gave it authenticity? It gave the advice power. It was just God's wisdom. I, I didn't have to live it to know what the truth was. But now that I have lived it, that truth is even more powerful. Because now I've got life experience to, to go along with the advice that I'm sharing with you. And, and it makes a difference, but it's not essential. God's wisdom can come to us from, from, from various sources. And, and you can't just deny where it's coming from when you know it's the truth. And so sometimes we, we look at someone who's speaking the truth. We don't like what we hear. And so we try to destroy the source of that truth. And we try to make excuses and give reasons of why we don't have to listen to the source of that truth. But God has put them in our life so that we would not be fools, but we would be wise. And so that the advice that we would get would be sweet as perfume and an incense into our lives. The third thing I would say is, is that you don't experience healthy conflict. You're not a person who handles conflict well, but you're also in a relationship where they don't. And often, one of the biggest problems in any relationship is how you handle conflict. Isn't that true? Just how, how do you resolve this? Like, how do, you, how do you move on from this? A lot of people just like, okay, we'll just, let's just agree to disagree. Okay. I mean, that can work for like, I don't know, a day. <laughs> but I've, I've never seen someone table an argument and then like never, it never resurfaced again. It eventually resurfaces because you just see it just differently. You know, one of the things that I'm always surprised about is how, how little sometimes people know about each other. I, I've sometimes even, uh, married people who had very different political views. And I said, how do you think this is gonna work? You don't even see the same things the same way. Like how? You're gonna be fighting about this more than you think. What, what are you gonna do in areas where it's not just politics? What are you gonna do when it's about little things? Like you don't have kids right now, but are you okay, and this is a question that gets everybody, are you okay with your in-laws watching your child? No one ever asked that question. I ask it all the time. I love it, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Because the person in the moment says, no, never. Absolutely not. No, they're just gonna put them in front of the TV, it's gonna to be too much sugar, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. And I'm like, yeah, but, so, so all of a sudden, the other person looks at them and is like, what? You don't trust my parents? It's like, they're like, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that, no, I just don't trust them with our kid. I trust them, but not with their kid. It's not the same thing. Like, I'm okay with them, you know, 
just look, I'm okay with once a week seeing them. I'm, I'm glad they live in another country. Like, I'm not going to say no. Like, you know, let's keep it like that. I think we'll be good. Like, it's like that kind of thing. And, and you'd be surprised that sometimes when you experience healthy conflict, you, you don't even know what healthy conflict looks like. Like, I always tell people, when you fight, what does it look like? But more importantly, what does it look like when you make up? How long does it take for you to recover from that? What does the other person do from the time that you've had the argument to, what kind of words are they using? What, what words are you allowing them to say to you? What words are they now blaming on you for their anger? What things are happening as a result of the conflict that you now see and realize this is a pattern and it's going to ultimately continue and most probably get worse? I always tell people, listen, I don't know what you're thinking, but you saw this when you were dating, you saw this when you were engaged, why did you think it would be different when you got married? You know, it's, it's the same person. It's the same issues, the same problems. How are they going to be different? I'll tell you how they're going to be different. You need to learn new strategies right now in dealing with those issues, in handling those problems. In James chapter 1, in verse 19 and 20, it said, everyone, and this is advice for everybody. I want you to be quick to listen. I want you to be slow to speak. And I want you to be slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's good advice, right? And then sometimes like there's just a difference in habits. You know, difference in, in approaching life. And, and sometimes people use the word, they throw around a lot, the word compromise. How many of you love this word? Nobody, who, who wants the word compromise? <laughs> I hear this all the time. I always tell people, listen, you don't want to use the word compromise because the word compromise sounds like a good idea, but someone always feels like they're getting gypped. They're the ones getting shortchanged. They're the ones who always has to like give in. What you don't want, you don't want compromise. You want agreement. Can we say amen? amen. We want agreement. We want alignment. I'm tired of settling for less. God is not asking me to settle for less. I want alignment. I want agreement. I want to be able to walk with this person. I want them to read me without speaking a word. I want them to know me without having to have me explain what I'm going through in that moment. I want them to be an extension of me. That's what we want, right? That's what you want. Well, you're not going to have that if you keep compromising. If you're always having to strike a compromise, you don't have alignment. You don't have agreement. It means you are not on the same page. It means that you're living your relationship in conflict. You understand that? Compromise equals conflict. Compromise is not an answer to conflict. Alignment is. And what happens if you can't get alignment? You keep working at it. You keep working on yourself. 
You keep working on the other person. You keep working on it to get alignment. And you don't keep trying to do the same things. And you don't keep revisiting the same arguments. I have people who want to meet with me sometimes and they say, Pastor, can we meet? I'm like, no, not a good idea. <laughs> In my head, I say this. <laughs> the answer is always yes. But sometimes I'm like, no, no, no. No, because it's, I know it's the same arguments. We're going to pick up where we last left off, which was like where we left off two years ago. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's different. You guys are still arguing the same way. You don't have alignment on this. Who is going to sacrifice here? Who's going to surrender? Why is this so important? When I look at this, I, I, it's not that I think it's unimportant, right? I think it's ridiculous. God says it's ridiculous. He can't even support you. He can't even back you on this. It's not even a major thing. I don't understand why you would want to break up over this. Why you don't want to end things over this. Your conflict is, is causing this much pain. It's not even like a major thing. Like, not according to me, but according to God. But it's bothering you so much. Can you not get alignment? Do you see how your pride is just leading instead of humility? Do you see how your pride is governing your household instead of Jesus? Do you see what's happening here? And sometimes like when we don't want to let things go, we're like, why? Why don't we want to let things go? Sometimes it's because of the past, sometimes because we feel like we're always the ones giving in. Isn't it true? And we're like, no, not this time. I'm like, okay. But you know, you could have picked a better one. You're gonna dig in your heels on this? Yes. Okay. You're ready to leave him over this? Absolutely. Pastor, you don't understand how many times I've given in. Okay, I get it. But, but this is not a good one. Like, I understand. Sometimes you've given in and you've given in and, and, and you just get to the point where you just want to just give up. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Sometimes like things are so different. Like my wife is such a, uh, a happy, cheerful person, right? And, and sometimes I, I'm like, I'm not. I'm just not. And, and we had to figure that out in our relationship, you know? And one of the things that, I remember, you know, doing uh, when we were dating is like, man, it's, I don't know. Like, she can be a bit much sometimes, you know? Like, she's like, like, so happy. Like, it's like, like I, I need some darkness in you a little bit. It's just a, just a little, not a lot, just enough, you know? Are you, are you never sad? Like, what's wrong with you, you know? And, um, and then and they came across this passage, like in, in Proverbs 27, 14, it says, a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. <laughs> and, you know, if you search long enough in the scriptures, you literally can, can get an answer to any problem you have. In your marriage, really. I just wanted to point that I found an answer <laughs> in the scriptures 
that probably no one ever even knew was in there. But it dealt so like beautifully with my situation. I, 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 need, a, I need a moment, you know, like when I wake up. I, first of all, I, I'm like always shocked I'm alive. Like I'm like, whoa. Wow, this is great. I get to live another day. Amazing. I, I, I just need to process that now, Lord. Thank you. You know? And my wife's like, good morning. I'm like. <laughs> Sometimes what we're going through, what we're going through, it, it, it sounds like so ridiculous to other people. Like this is ridiculous to other people. But, but it's an issue, you know, that we had to fix. I had to say like, so now she's like, good morning. I'm like, good morning. I can handle that tone. I love that you're saying it. I love that you're the first to say it. I love that you have the readiness to speak. At least five to 10 minutes before I'm able to. I love it. But, but you just need to, you know, tone it down. And, 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 and she has. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a compromise. It, it was alignment. It's, it's adapting. It's understanding the person you're with and, and getting what it is that they need. You know, I, I, I hear this from a lot of people. Can I, can I just like put my stuff down? Can I just change my clothes? I don't want to talk about this right now, right in this second. Sometimes people just need to get things talked about right away. Isn't it true? And like they're, they're following you in every room that you're walking into. <laughs> I remember counseling this couple who lived in a studio apartment and there was nowhere for them to go. <laughs> and there was a lot of locking themselves in the washroom thing. Because there was nothing else they could do. I was like, so what do you do? She goes, so he keeps talking to me through the door. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so this is a perfect example of what not to do and give that person the space that they need. We're all gonna deal with conflict a little differently. It doesn't mean that they're all avoiding conflict or avoiding wanting to make peace. They're just gonna try to arrive at it differently and we need to adapt and get to a place of alignment. Does that make sense? But what happens when you realize in every date and every relationship that you're in, you don't have that alignment? Are you gonna go ahead and still marry that person? The answer is yes, because that's what most people do. <laughs> they're, 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 they're always fighting, they're always arguing, they're never seeing things the same way, and yet they still go ahead. Why, what are you, what are you doing? Did, did you forget your reflection in the water? Did you forget what was happening in the relationship? Are you trying to glaze over what's really going on? You know, I, I want us to just stop and, and reflect on this for a moment. If you believe that God loves you and his love is perfect, do you not also believe that you deserve that kind of love? Are you worthy? Do you feel worthy 
of that love? If your answer is no, then you will always settle for less. But God is trying to tell you today and trying to tell you right now, you are worthy and you deserve more. You deserve better. You don't need to settle for any of this and you definitely don't need to stay the person that you are. You can become better. Do you believe that for yourself? You can do better. You can be better. You can become and not just believe and trust that that is going to come into your life, but that you are going to be that person. See, God wants that for you. And God is going to give you that. With all of my heart, I believe that for you. Because the God that we believe in only gives good gifts. And he never takes them back, he says. He never takes them back. All right, we're going to stop here. I'm going to fit these two points into another message, okay? So I've got two more points to make on this topic, but I'll fit them in somewhere else, all right? We're going to stop here. You guys okay with that? And we're like, yeah, it was like ready 10 minutes ago. What, are you still talking? <laughs> okay, okay. Keep working on yourself. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been super patient with me. Thank you so much. Um, I know that I always love to pray at the end. And the reason I do that is because I feel like if, if all we do is listen and there's no action, um, then there's going to be something that's going to be missing. I want to, I always trust God for this moment to be a moment where you are putting your trust in God. And, um, and so I would ask that you would stand with me and that we would pray together. Lord, I wanna, I just pray over every person that is here today and, and I thank you that you are the one who is blessing them. Uh, that blessing um, is not gonna come because I, I declare it. It, it. it comes because we trust that you've already declared it over all of us. Lord, you have already blessed us and you are going to continue to bless us and i pray that today the principles that we have heard that the things that we have shared that these would be truths that we can just cultivate in our hearts and trust you i want to thank you for everything you've done um, for us today and and what you're about to do next lord you know the areas that we need to work on and the areas where our relationship needs help and, and maybe some of the decisions that we need to make. I, I pray that you would help us with all of that right now. Um, not just in, in searching for the right one, but also in, in becoming the right one. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.